Eric Tyson is an internationally acclaimed and best-selling personal finance author, lecturer, and advisor, and he's dedicated to teaching people to manage their money better and to successfully direct their own investments. And he's done that through his two best-selling books, Investing for Dummies and Personal Finance for Dummies. And he's joining us today on Amy's Table because I guess I'm a dummy. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I should say I'm pretty smart generally, but with the finances, I do like to get a little tip or two here and you've got 15 ways to keep good financial habits and i think it's interesting the first one is a question we have to ask ourselves did the recession reveal any holes in my family's financial plan yeah no and that that really is a uh, a key uh learning opportunity here with what has happened uh in recent years because you know the problem is that a lot of us will become complacent um you know our, our income is a certain level and we're used to certain pay increases through our job, and we're used to our investments doing um, a certain performance level. And the recessions are certainly not new, but having a severe recession uh, of the magnitude that we did uh, was the significant event. And so, um, you know, a lot of people who thought their jobs were secure found out that their job wasn't as secure as they thought. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe their hours were scaled back. Uh, maybe their income from that job was significantly reduced. So. Uh, that then can expose holes in your personal financial plan. And, you know, Eric, are many people who are, are reading these books, do they have a financial plan at all? I mean, is that the truth for most Americans? They don't even have a plan? Uh, th- that's correct. Most Americans do not have a personal financial plan. And, and, and many of the folks who do have done a plan in the past, <clears throat> it was done many years ago. Right. Um, and so it, it, may, it may not be up to date. So I really do like your point number two, and that is you better get clear on your family's long-term financial goals. And I I also like the parentheses and realize you can't pay for everything. I think as parents, we all think we want to, you know, put our kids through college, get them a car, do all of this. You can't pay for everything, can you? Well, I mean, if you're wealthy and you can afford to do that, that's one thing. And and if you aspire to be wealthy so that maybe someday you can do all those things, that's uh, not an unreasonable goal. I mean, whether or not you can achieve that is another thing, but you, you need to be realistic and you have to set priorities. Um, you know, it's been said that, you know, many people have champagne tastes and beer budgets, and, uh, you know, that's certainly true. So, uh, you know, look at what your goals and, and uh, objectives are uh, financially and personally, and then prioritize what, what's the most important to you, because you're probably not going to be able to afford to do it all. Right. Well, I think... I thought I understood that if your retirement wasn't funded or at least well on its way, you had no business paying for your kids' college. Well, yeah, and you know, and college. I mean, college is so ridiculously expensive today, especially if your your children are, are interested in going to a private school, and 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 the vast majority of people are not paying anywhere near the full uh, cost or the full freight. Right. Uh, so you know it. it you know, the mistake a lot of kids make when they're applying to college is that they don't, um, uh, they, they may not, they may overlook or not apply to certain colleges, thinking, "Well, I can't afford to go there, so why bother?" Well, you should still apply there, and you should still consider it because uh, of the various types of financial aid that are available that can ha- help to make up the gap between what you your family can afford and what the cost of the school is. So I suppose really on that step number two, get clear on your family's long-term financial goals. That's including the kids. They need to know a little bit about the goals and whether or not you can help and what they can do to help, you know, offset their college costs as well. 
I like your number three. It's kind of like dieting. It's it's all true. Extreme approaches only set you up to fail. Yeah, and you know that gets back to the point that you <clears throat> you need to have some realistic goals uh, and expectations. So, if you're currently, for example, not saving any money, uh, you might aspire to save twenty or twenty five percent of your income, but you're probably not going to get there in one step uh, or the next step. So. If you're not currently saving any of your income, it would be helpful and productive to look at your current spending and say, well, what can I do to go from 0% to 5% as a savings rate? So try to do things incrementally so that you're maximizing your chances for success. And uh, as you accomplish those smaller goals, then you can set new goals. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Eric Tyson. He's the author of Investing for Dummies, Personal Finance for Dummies, and we're talking about his 15 ways to keep good financial habits. And, of course, we can't go through all of them, but number six, you say, don't let technology suck up all your money and time. So I know how it sucks up my time. How is it sucking up my money and that I'm keeping to trying to buy the latest, greatest technology or... Uh, it is. Again, especially for families, you have kids, you know, they want a cell phone, they want the cell phone to have all the bells and whistles, and before you know it, you're you're getting a huge, <coughs> huge monthly cell phone bill that includes not only the calls that are being made, but internet surfing and downloads and text messaging, and uh, these bells and whistles, of course, are not necessities, and uh, you need to level with your kids about, you know, what you can and cannot afford, and uh, you have to work with them to have them set priorities that, okay, well, if you want a phone, maybe we can get one extra feature on your phone, but we're not going to get four extra features. Exactly. Well, it's funny because that ties in with your tip number seven, resist the urge to overindulge the kids. And and really, it's true. They can't have everything, and it's a valuable lesson to teach them that really at an early age and for them to strive as well. Eric, if you took the average person's, the average family's budget where they were struggling, are there some very simple ways for people to uh, find more cash right within their budgets? Well, I mean, you know, the solutions differ by family, and, and that's why there, there really is no substitute for a family looking at their own spending patterns um, and where, you know, one family might go out to eat a lot, uh, another family might be spending a lot on, you know, child care services and household help, um, another family might, you know, they might be getting their kids a lot of toys and lessons and uh, travel, you know, high-powered and expensive travel sports teams. So, you know, those are some common things uh, or things that uh, you might see. But, again, there's, there's no substitute for each family getting out their, um, you know, checkbook register and anything else, credit card statement that will document where they're spending their money and taking a hard look at that information and, again, prioritizing you know, what, what's providing us value in our spending and what's not. Yeah, in this case, really, knowledge is power, and that power is also probably a more comfortable retirement. Well, uh, one of the things that you mention is don't waste your money on brand names. Now, do you mean that across the board? And what kind of savings can be recognized by not buying a brand name, buying the store brand or a lesser-known brand? Um, I mean, depending on the product or service, it can be quite uh, significant. And, uh, and, uh, and, of course, you know, I'm not saying... You know, don't buy any brand names because <coughs> some provide better value than others, but it's important to realize that the companies with the most recognizable brands are the ones that have spent the most on advertising, 
and the cost of that advertising, of, of course, is embedded in the product, and a lot of those companies um, have high profit margins. So, you know, it behooves you to look at the alternatives that are out there and, and you know, don't make the mistake of assuming that just because a particular product or service uh, is one that maybe you haven't heard as much about doesn't mean that it may not be as good or even better than a, than a, than a big brand name product. And it would feel better to have a little more money in your account when you're through. Well, you know, you say tip number 14, it can't be said too many times. If you have to charge it, you don't really need it. It seems like advertisers really bring people in, like the 0% financing for a year or, you know, Mm -hmm. lease this for no money down so you can just walk right into it. Are those often false economies or really too good to be true financially? Well, there there are false economies to the extent that if if you know and take a car dealer, if a car dealer is saying you know look we'll sell you this car for no money down, you know all things being equal, they should be willing and able to lower the price of the car more if you were willing and able to pay cash for the car. So, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch if if they're offering uh, low cost financing. Now, the re- the reality is that banks are lending money at very low interest rates today, so finance companies can offer, you know, much more attractive rates than they could in years past. But, you know, it's important to remember that there's usually a trade-off between the financing cost and the cost of the product or service. So um, you're better off being able to pay for something out of your own pocket, and your reward for doing that should be a lower purchase price. Okay, there you go. That's good to know. Well, I'm going to make sure to put all of Eric's information on amystable.com, but the two books are Investing for Dummies and Personal Finance for Dummies. And Eric, where can we send people for more information about you? Um, you know, my books are widely available online, and uh, you know, also if they go to erictyson.com, they can find out information on the books as well as you know my analysis of current economic events. Oh, very good. Well, thanks for the tips today, Eric. It was great to speak with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin on Q102.